Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to the mailbag edition of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined as always by Michael. Cheers, everybody. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold the phone. We're going to have to well, like stop is, it right there. Well, it's 23 Personnel After Hours, so I am having a beer. That's true. You went and grabbed an, an adult beverage. Yeah, between... we did the business, the business part of the show. Uh, previously, so now we're doing the the leisure the leisure activity part of the show. Therefore, I'm having a Sam Adams 76, and it is quite tasty. I'm having the elixir of life, Dr Pepper. Ah, your favorite <laughs> Coke. I needed I need a little bit of caffeine because we're we're running late. <laughs> That's typical. Okay. So, listener questions: What we learned this week. Um, as a side note, in our notes, Michael typed, buckle up. We had some <laughs> amazing and interesting questions coming this afternoon. It just seemed like all rolling at once. Um, and I don't know how to answer this question seriously because my first thought was just to start quoting The Office. But Jonathan, at John1443, what kind of bear is best? That's, uh, you know, that's that's a good a good white quality um, question that he would enjoy being asked but then also freaked out about being asked um, I, I think I'm going to go with uh, a really unconventional type bear I've got, I've got to look up some stats here just to make sure oh stats yeah I just got to make sure you guys are on board with with this bear uh, so all right, so spoiler alert. I'm picking Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant is the wow. best bear. <laughs> Not where I saw that was going. Not He's, where I thought that was going. I, you know, I was all ready to say false black bear. <laughs> <laughs> Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. No, I, I uh, yeah, you know Bear Bryant. He's the best bear. Um, you know, roll, roll tide and all that, all that stuff. And uh, you know, he went. What did he do? He 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 won 323 games. He only lost 85. He tied 17. You name me any other bear that could do that, and I'll uh, I'll uh, you know, I'll tell them they ain't played nobody, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so inspired by your Bear Bryant question or answer, what kind of bear is best? I'm gonna go with the bad news bears. Bad news bears. Oh man, the old like the original bad news bears. Like the Walter Matthau and the yeah, I've I've seen parts of that one. the The new one is kind of funny too, because anytime you get um, Billy Bob Thornton, what's his name? Billy Bob Thornton in that kind of role, like he was in like Mr. Woodcock, Bad um, Santa. It's just gold. Yeah, yeah. He, he just he plays a really good douchebag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. You have to pick one, and the other ceases to exist. This question is from Truett at, at Trent Trevor Trey. You have to pick one, and the other ceases to exist. Chocolate or cheese? This one's easy for me. I'm picking chocolate. I'm sorry. I'm picking cheese. Oh, Chocolate's oh hold. <laughs> okay. Disregard so the, two, the two snack-sized candy bars I ate. Little mini things before we hit record. Well, that was just for, uh, you just needed the, the caffeine. Sure. Yeah, you could have crunched on, <laughs> crunched on some uh, coffee beans. You just didn't have any handy, so you just went yeah. with the caffeine chocolate. Um, I'm, I'm with you, man. I could, I'm preserving uh, cheese over yeah, chocolate. It, yep. If, uh, if, if I have to throw one into Mordor and then I can keep the other one, it's definitely chocolate. Chocolate's gone. Bring on the cheese. I'm not putting, yeah, I'm not putting chocolate on, on my hamburger. No, I'm not putting no, I eat, melted I eat chocolate in a bowl and eating it with with uh, tortilla chips. Nope. I eat cheese so. probably ten times more than chocolate. 
I mean, at least ten times, maybe twenty times more. You, that no cheese, no pizza, no no cheeseburgers, no queso, pretty much no Italian food, uh, no Tex-Mex, no point, no point. So yeah, <laughs> chocolate is definitely kicked off Delma Louise style. So good question, but also yeah. easy for us. Great question, but yeah, easy for us. But I, I bet you. I'm willing to bet my wife would be opposite, even though she does really like cheese. But I, which is interesting, I think her love of chocolate like slightly in. higher. Yeah, girls are like all in on chocolate. It's like, it's good. Don't get me wrong. No, it's not I like don't I don't like it. it. But like, I, I don't get like the obsession with it, and it's probably the same way people are saying that about cheese. But like, yeah, <laughs> especially sure if is. you're if you're setting it up against something like cheese. No, no, cheese every day. Yeah, there's probably people listening grossed out by our love of cheese. I, I don't blame you. Yeah. You know, cheese can be divisive, but, man, not not for us. <laughs> the other thing, like, I, it doesn't even have to be, like, fancy cheese. I, fancy cheeses, I don't get. I like fancy cheeses. Like, I, the, I, I, the even, I even add that to the that I think I like. Yeah, the, I think the fanciest cheese I like is, like, Munster. <laughs> Munster's great. <laughs> it is. But, like, anything past that, like... Prolone's pretty good. Um, Smoked Gouda good one is one of my favorites. Gouda's good. Um, but, like, you start getting ones that have, like, some uh, some funk to it. Mm-mm. Or, like, really sharp cheddar. Mm-mm. I can't do it. What about goat cheese? Nope. No? No on goat cheese? Man, I really like Mm-mm. goat cheese. That kind of tart. Hard pass. Taste of it. The texture of it's really satisfying. Anyway, yeah. Give me, give me American and Velveeta, and I'll be good. <laughs> eh, I, I, I would probably be good too, but I would miss a lot of the other ones. Yeah. All right. Red Raider Reset Man eighty four at Red Raider Reset one. Favorite. He he asked two questions. Favorite place in Lubbock to eat. Shall Shall I go first, or do you want to go first? You want to say at the same time because it may be the same answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be. So we could. No, I'll let you go first. All right. Okay. My favorite place in Lubbock, um, you know, there's probably like three of them that kind of enter the rotation. But I'm going with Craft House. Craft House is my favorite place. It's uh, the menu changes every season. And they, they keep some of their staples on the menu, like their pizzas and their calzones. And uh, they have like an all-day breakfast. But even the all-day breakfast will change based off of what type of meat they serve. Uh, they have great burgers. The burgers are on the menu all the time. And fish and chips, those are always on the menu. But then they, they swap stuff in that's really unique and really interesting. So... Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. On top of that, you can get uh, a really good meal. You can be as interesting as you want on your meal, or you can get a delicious cheeseburger with twice fried fries. You can get chicharrones for your appetizer. Man, I'm just waxing on. And I haven't even gotten to what I was going to get to, is they have uh, a truly great draft selection and... Probably one of the best bottle selections in town for beer. Um, just a, a pretty pretty fun place. 
it's loud, it's it's not super dressy, and it's not super expensive by any means. It's it's probably about as much as you'd spend at Applebee's or something. So, Craft House is my pick. That is currently my favorite place in Lubbock to eat. What do you say? Boo! Why do you boo Craft House? <laughs> Places like that, I don't understand. Like the weird food combination, like it's the weird food combinations, weird ingredient combinations. Places like that and like a West Table. Have you ever eaten there? I have not. That that's on my list, but I haven't been there yet. I I don't get it. I don't like places like that. Well, that's so, the thing with craft houses. You they have a ton of stuff for people who don't like that. Because yeah, there's so times I, I go there twice. and I'm just like, I just want a burger today. I don't really feel like a you know a salmon quiche or something. You know, I just want a burger, and they have a. But great why would you burger. go there? But why would you go there for burgers, though? They have plenty of other places that have good burgers. Yeah, but they don't have the same draft beer selection. And their appetizers are okay. really good, too. They had, I know at one point they had like these french fried pulled pork. Well, they were french fries. It was basically pulled pork nachos, except it was french fries instead of chips. It was incredible. That sounds really good. Yeah, they, they have, and they have queso, dude. <laughs> They've got queso. They have really good appetizers too. It, you can get as hearty as you want. You can get as kind of out there as you want. Um, it's really got something for everybody. Okay, but you say queso like it's a like a normal melted cheese. It's like a melted glob of some white, funky cheese that they don't serve with chips. How do you know that? Have you had it? I've had it. And it's I've not had. That. It's not like I've gone that. there. I, I've I've had their burger and it was okay. I had I think I also had a pizza which was okay. What about their fries? They have great fries. Eh. Eh. On twice eh. fried fries, they're like par- partially battered. Oh, you got to be kidding me! I I will sing Sorry, the praises man. of Craft House. I I really I really enjoy it. Well, okay, that I mean you 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 drink beer, you enjoy that. Right, that's and that's true. That's a big. That's a thing. That's not. A, yeah, it's it's not a thing for you. So. so so their their alcohol like while it's a big plus to you means nothing to me. That's I get that. So that does make it a really big plus. If you like beer, you'll really <laughs> like this place even more. But hey, you've got to get their fish sticks. If you haven't had their fish sticks, before. I don't like fish. Oh, man. <laughs> Like, so we were just in Seattle, like, ate at a restaurant on the water, did not order fish. Oh, I, I, I remember a burger. when I went, I had, uh, gosh, I had clam chowder for the first time in my life, and it was delicious. And some sort of Alaskan, some fish, I don't even know what it was, but. Yeah, so I, I did have a bite of, of one of my coworkers, she offered me a bite of her salmon, and like, it was on like a, some melted cheese. That was pretty good. But it was basically the only thing I tasted was the melted cheese. There was no salmon, so. Yeah. Um, okay, so. well, I will admit, if you're not a huge beer person, the Craft House probably is not going to get as high on your list as it does on mine. I will totally admit that, because I, that's one of my favorite reasons to go, is just, oh, what do they have on tap? And then try something I've never had before or one that I really like that you just can't get everywhere. So, yeah, I can see that. Anyway, I think I talked like eight minutes on Craft House. Sorry. You did. You went, you went, <laughs> you, went you waxed poetic there. I, I dove deep. <laughs> um, okay, so favorite foods for me, I like burgers, I like steaks, I like Tex-Mex, and I like Italian. Good. Those are good, man. So... One, it's because I don't get to eat a lot of Italian food because Samantha doesn't like it as much. Um, she's more um, steak and Tex-Mex. Um, so, I would lean towards Italian, mm-hmm. and I would lean towards somebody that serves really good queso. So, I'm going to say oh. Orlando's. I could tell where you were going. <laughs> because... They've got great pizzas. They've also got great other Italian dishes there. They've got great queso. They've got the bread that they serve it with, which is interesting. They serve it with bread and chips. But I haven't been to Orlando's in a long time. And the last time places, I went, 
Like I they, asked to go to on my birthday. Well, the last time I went to Orlando's, that was I forgot what I ordered, but it was just covered in red sauce. It was just like a plate of red sauce with some stuff on it. So I it was it kind of <laughs> sullied my sullied my experience a little bit. I, when you know when we first brought our daughter home, uh, some people brought us some food here and there, which was man for those of you who've had kids you know how important and fantastic that is for someone right, to bring you the, anything it doesn't matter first, what it is those first few weeks it's like that every two hour schedule like yeah. it eats your like your day just zaps away you're like oh my gosh it's been 12 hours and i hadn't even thought about eating yet because yes. i thought about like the baby wakes up change them feed them back to sleep you get some sleep baby Maybe. wakes up change yeah. them, feed them, put them back to it's crazy. Like so there were days just disappeared. Right, exactly. So for people who have if you're listening and you've done that for people or you've done that for me, thank you so very much. I mean, we can't tell you how much Saints. that meant. And and so that was the last time I had Orlando's aside from the other time I had just a plate full of red sauce with some stuff on it. But so a friend is- a friend brought like a, like their salad kit, a great salad, uh, and then they they brought the Garlic bread and toast, which you know that's always kind of iffy on takeout. Um, but then the spaghetti and meat sauce, man, that spoke to me. That was good, and, and it could have just been because I was really sleep deprived, and you know, freaking out and everything else on top of being a new dad. Yep. Um, so it was, but it was really good. So I, I, I need to go back to Orlando's, and I do really like their pizza, and I know for a fact their queso is awesome. So what I, it sounds like you're saying is next time we get, get together for lunch, it should be at Orlando's. I would, I would go, I would go for that. I, so I need to give pizza, it another chance. If you get pizza, my recommendation is Fire Breathing Dragon. Ooh, it's not as okay. hot as it sounds, but it does have uh, peppers. It may have green chilies on it. Um, it's pretty good. Okay, I I will de- I'll definitely go for that. If it's not as hot as it sounds, then I'm good. I like I like spicy pizza. Yep. Second question, we've kind of already already touched on it. Uh, do you guys see Tech making it back to the College World World, World Series this year? Um, just to reiterate, at their current performance level, no, I don't think they make it to a super regional. Um, they've got a, a month until the regional play starts. Plenty of time to. Right the ship and get on some some good positive momentum. Currently, my vote's a no. Mine too. I mean, like we were like we covered when we recorded the first half, they were down ten four to Dallas Baptist and that ended up being the final score. Ugh. Not a great sign. Um, so no. I I don't think so. And I, I think even I think that's that's I think I came into tonight before the game started. Um not thinking they would make the College World Series, but I was still kind of hopeful for a Super Regional. But, you know, going down 10-4 to Dallas Baptist, that really makes me question even the Super Regional at all. So This past month yeah. has been brutal. It's been tough, man. So, Red Raider reset, man. We're, we're kind of doom and gloom on that one. Newsflash, we're doom and gloom on just about everything. <laughs> Well, we started off really hot on the baseball team. It's cooled. We were really hot on the basketball. Turns out we were right because they went to the Elite Eight. Yeah. Football. Check the tapes. <laughs> Check the tapes. <laughs> um, all right. From our, our resident architect, Brian, what are the best and worst buildings on Tech's campus? Is it okay that this question makes me nervous that an architect is asking us this question? Because... He's setting us like, up to like ridicule us is what I'm feeling. I think so, and rightfully so, because you know, I'm an engineer, which is probably like a You're more like the functional side of it. An architect's worst nightmare. <laughs> you uh, make sure what they design can actually come to fruition. I mean, yeah, luckily, I mean I, I don't you know, what I do doesn't cross paths with, with architects or anything. It's 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 not like that. But I just know that there's a stigma. There's kind of a back and forth between architects and engineers just from what i've gathered um man what are your thoughts on this i i kind of want you to go first because i don't have i don't have any great ones um 
I'll, I'll tell you why I don't. One, as y'all know, I was a transfer student, and so I was really only in about four buildings for classes, and I never, I never was a uh, in the dorms. So, you know, aside from going to the wherever I would go to get something to eat, I, I just Sam's really didn't place. venture. Yeah, Sam's place, wherever <laughs> that you know, the one by the new biology building. Uh, that was. That was really kind of my experience. I, I wasn't in a lot of buildings, but I do have some answers, and people are probably going to be like, what? Why don't you think of this answer? So I, yeah. I was wondering if you'd go first. <laughs> so, I mean, I wasn't a transfer student, but I also wasn't in a lot of other buildings. As a music major, for the first year I was there, every class I had was in one building. Um, and it was an, the music building is ugly. It needs some help, inside and out. Um Ironically, it was attached. It is attached to the student union building, which is also, which is, at the time, one of the newer, most updated buildings. It was really nice. Yes. To really start contrast, crossing those doors from student union to music, you're like, this building sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they so, had just finished a lot of that work at the student union building, probably about my last year there or so, and it was really nice. Yeah, my, my freshman year, I stayed in the dorms in Sneed. <clears throat> Ho hum, nothing to write home about. They had movable furniture, which was a big deal. It wasn't attached to the wall like most of the dorms. <laughs> we had AC, which was new, 2007, moving in, new AC. Congratulations. Yeah, I, I don't know what they were doing before we got there because it was dang hot. Um, you know, like I said, I had I had classes in the music building. I had classes in Holden. Yeah, um, so I did I had, too. Like, my, my economics, my government class were in there. Not. I think I, had, I think I had one class in Holden, and then I took a final there for my civil engineering statics class, which was random. Yep. And then when I when I transferred, not transferred, when I um, changed majors to first, it was electronic media, and then to public relations. Both of those were in the College of Media Communications was in that building just on the edge of the engineering key, um, which is now, that building's been taken over by mechanical engineering, and then they, they renovated that building. That was, it was an older building. I had some classes in the quad, air quotes, even though there was only three buildings in there, math, biology, chemistry. Um, and then when when we moved, the College of Media and Communications took over the old Rawls College building. But between us moving, between them moving out and us moving in, they had renovated that building. So it was actually pretty nice when we got into it. I had, I had some classes in the English building. That was actually a pretty nice building, inside and out. Foreign language? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I walked by the barn, which was in, in the thread of the, this conversation on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, Dan. Dan threw the barn in there. I thought that was good. But your point of it coming up on both best and worst, I thought yeah. was, was was pretty on point. It's kind of the best slash worst building on campus. That, that, that's that's a pretty good one, Dan. The, that area of campus is pretty well known. I think everybody knows that part of camp. Like, obviously, that barn's not been in use for a very long time, but... Yeah, if, um, if if I had to pick a best, I mean, okay, I'm, I'm going to go with two answers. One, I'm going to pick a building I've never been in, and it's got to be the indoor practice facility. That's got to be the best building, um, just for the guts of it. Nice. Um, and, and then the other building I'm going to pick is hopefully going to appeal more to what I think Brian's probably asking, is um, I'm kind of just going to pick the engineering key just as a whole because all those you know the double e building uh mechanical engineering and civil those all those buildings kind of have a lot of the same architecture and they have all those arches and uh they do a great job of lighting up all those arches when they do the carol of lights and everything so i really like the key i, I think it's kind of a nice uniform look and part of the reason i like the key is because that's where i spent like 90 percent of my time at tech so that was all I saw. For the most part, I had a, I think I had one class. Like I said earlier, I had one in Holden Hall, I had one in math, I had one in the physics building. And then I think I had 
I think that was it. Every other class was in the key. So yeah. And Holden Hall's tech, you know, it's practically part of the key. So I was just kind of all in that same area uh, for the majority of my time there. So that's my answer for best, which I'm sure someone's going, what? You're not picking this or that? Like, yeah, I probably never set foot in it. I don't know. <laughs> well, to, to kind of have your, your bases covered there, there's building. I never had a class in. I was in it once for, I think, a job interview, like an intern, internship interview. It was the new Rawls College of Business building. That one's really nice. Yeah. Um, it looks really nice. Inside's really nice. I would say that's best. Um also kind of like a, a side side note here like best dorm I think my brother lived in Murray which was like the apartment style where you like you had suites and you had four guys that were sharing an apartment that was pretty nice because they had a, a really nice Sam's place they had, they had a, like a not a reception but like a, a game type area the, the, the base or the, the bottom floor you can watch movies or play games in it um, worst in terms of like architecture I mean they're all pretty standardized between the campus besides maybe the library the library or the old uh, BA yeah it looks like a giant TI-83 calculator. calculator or yep. something so the outside of that building not so much inside now that it's been renovated it's pretty nice um, so I have to go with the library there yeah, on, on worst, I would, I'm going to default to you guys and have y'all tell me the worst dorm, because I imagine that would just be the worst. It's got to be general, like because like you have to live in it. Coleman or Chitwood, Weymouth, one of those like really super old dorms that hasn't been touched. Yeah, like at the corner of Flint and in like twentieth. Well, yeah, kind of catty corner from the BA, or the 18th. old BA. Yeah. yeah, by that by that parking garage. I was, I was thinking it those had to two be right one there. of those. That's the Chitwood and Weymouth are both right there. And I think that would be worse just because, one, they're just a functional-looking building. It's not going to be really eye-catching. But, two, people have to live in it, and I'm sure there's a lot of stories that you could tell about things you've seen or heard <laughs> or experienced in those dorms. So uh, that's just going to be my answer, even though I never lived in one. And I may have actually, I think I went into one of them once. Or twice. I might have helped someone move in. It's it's kind of fuzzy, guys. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. So, okay. Um, disclaimer when I said the best on campus. I haven't been to any of the new dorms. Like the one over there by the... Like on 19th in Indiana. Right there by the, the law school. That little complex right there. I haven't been to that one. And then uh, Boston and 18th across from the School of Music. That new one. Haven't been inside that one. Yeah. So those are probably really nice. Haven't been inside those. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, a sports-related question. He's Kyle is always really good about sending us sports-related stuff. He's got. He's always got good. Trying to keep uh, us on questions too. On on topic here. Would you take a graduate transfer at quarterback, i.e. Joe Burrow? Burrow. I'm probably. <laughs> I probably said it like a, like the Spanish, burro. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I mean yeah. at all. <laughs> Kinda. Oh, I probably just yeah okay. Over the current quarterbacks on the roster, I, I, I'm saying if we're looking, okay. I looked him up a little bit. He's a four-star recruit, or he was a four-star recruit. Uh, he he didn't play a whole lot at Ohio State. But he also he also had guys like J.T. Barrett and um, the guy before him. What was his name? I can't remember. I mean, there's a reason he didn't play a whole lot because he had some super talented guys ahead of him. But it's not like he's just some unknown dude um he's 6'4 he's kind of i think he's 215 kind of your more he looks like pro built yeah pro built quarterback pocket passer guy uh but i don't know much about him aside from just what i said and even with that i would say no um i i think because because the way he worded it if I would want him to just come to Tech, yeah, I would love to have him to come to Tech. But the way Kyle worded it was, would you take a graduate transfer at QB over the current QBs on the roster? And I'd have to say no just because the current guys have been with the system longer. Um, you know, it it just seems like 
it doesn't seem like a slam dunk by any means to stick with our guys just because it's still such an unknown what they're what they're truly capable of in a game time situation. But I I'm still leaning towards um, sticking with who we've got as opposed to dumping them and bringing in a a transfer QB. So I did the same thing. I I looked into him just a little bit. Um, yeah, same kind of boat. I would like him on the on the roster. I think, depending on when he could come in, maybe a step up from either of those two guys. I think this this one in particular. I think he has two years of eligibility left. Yeah, um, that's that's not super common with the grad transfer. Well, and then the, the crazy thing with uh, so I saw this Eli Howard technically graduated with his undergrad. He has three years of eligibility left. Mm. Um, okay, so other grad transfer, because like, cause he, he just gave us one, other grad transfer possible quarterbacks would be like a Kyle Allen from Houston, Keller Christ from Stanford, Brandon Dawkins from Arizona, Jalen McClendon from NC State, Brady White from Arizona State. I don't know a lot of these guys' names. Quentin Dormady from Tennessee. Ryan Boyle, Iowa. Tommy Stevens, Penn State. Joe Burrow, Ohio State. Jacob Eason from Georgia. Could take him. Austin Kendall from Oklahoma. He's going to be taking over for Kyler Murray when he leaves. (laughs) Yeah. Shane Bouchelle from Texas. No thank you. Yeah, I I don't know enough about those guys to make that. I, you'd really have to look into it to come up with a a well-rounded answer. Um, but I just I'm gonna say no. Um, I, I don't know enough about these about them to think for sure that coming in in the summer is better than the guys that you've you've had here for um, be almost two years by that time, with the exception of Duffy serving the suspension there. Yeah, I, I'm just looking at the other guys, like uh, Jacob Eason, Austin Kendall. Those are like really high four or five-star guys that I wouldn't turn down if they were like, hey, we're interested. Tech Tech, you got a spot? Yep, got one for you right here. <laughs> yeah. So, and then he asked, would Tech be in the running for Burroughs because our special teams coach came from Ohio State and our offensive coordinator has a connection to Ohio State's offensive coordinator? I'd say, like, he probably has his choice of where he wants to go. Yeah, Um, I think so, too. And um, I'll I'll try to dig it up so I can give him credit, but... uh, uh, Jake Anderson on Twitter, he actually replied to this thread that Kyle had asked this question and said that Burrow's dad played at Nebraska and that Burrow actually wanted to play at Nebraska, but the staff dragged their feet Was is the way Jake put it. So do you think it's possible Nebraska could use somebody? With, or do you um, think he's burned, they've burned that bridge according to how that went down? With the offense of Scott Frost, I don't think so. Okay. Because I think that they got their guy that probably – I think he's transferring from Central Florida with him. Um, that, that freshman from Hawaii, that was fantastic. I read that his dad – I think Burrow's dad coaches at Ohio right now. What if he just went to Ohio? He would kill it in the MAC. He would. He'd, he'd MAC attack. <laughs> he gets a maction on Tuesday night. <laughs> Tuesday night maction. Yeah, it's – Always interesting to have something on, like some college football to watch, especially early in the season when you just you can't get enough. Yeah, watch some action. Yeah, you just it's like kickoff at ten fifteen. Sure, okay. You got like Bowling Green and Akron. All right, I can <laughs> I can sit through an hour of that. What's what's this? The what are they playing for? Like the Chancellor's Cufflinks? What is this? That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds great. I'm in. I want to watch it. All right. Last question, Dustin McNabb, at I am D McNabb. How much wood could Peter Piper, 
I'm going to mess this up every time. Oh, man. There it is. I almost had it. How much wood could Peter Piper pick if he were selling seashells by the seashore? I don't even know how to answer that. I, I've, I've, got some, I've got some thoughts here. I mean, we need to know more about could this you, Peter Piper cat. How much wood... I mean, like, how much wood are you chucking if you're also selling seashells? That's the word he's missing. No, he's, how much picking, wood? he's picking wood. <laughs> he's oh, not chucking how, it. How much wood could you pick if you're also selling seashells by the seashore? Well, I, I, know, I, I think it depends on... He probably just entered this question so that he was trip over this phrasing. Like I, 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 think it, I think it would end on a... Uh, it would depend mm-hmm. on how many Salt Life stickers he has on his vehicle. Uh, you know, Peter Piper could be like the... Uh, could be a really hard worker. First at the beach slash forest, last, last one out. Um, he might have... He might just be a, a two-star guy, but once once you get him out there <laughs> picking wood while he's selling seashells, he might he might be a four-star guy during game time. So um, I, I think the you've got to look at the measurables versus the intangibles, and and just kind of kind of take your really into this one. <laughs> kind of take your uh, take your lumps. Um, I, I I feel like I feel like he could pick. I feel like he could pick half a cord. He could pick half a cord. Uh, you know, the seashells selling seashells takes some time. You've got to you've got to make change for the people paying cash. You know, where is he? Is he in Mexico? Does he have to do some conversions? Does he have to convert the peso to the dollar? Uh, does does uh, some of the Canadian friends come down from Canada to Mexico and, and vacation? Does he have to convert Canadian dollars? Uh, it's there's a lot to it, so uh, it just it, if if his sea cell business is booming, he might only get a quarter cord. But I'm thinking at least at least half a cord. Peter's a worker. <laughs> so it, it took me a while, but I, I wanted to go ahead and, and shut up and let and, and let you <laughs> finish that one out and see how far you would go with it. Yeah, well, that's that's it. I mean, quarter that's, to I half that's cord. Quarter to half cord. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because those are measurements of firewood I had not been familiar with until I moved to Hobbs one winter and we were looking for some firewood. I'm like, well, how much do you want? I was like, I eight. Don't know. Can I get eight firewoods, please? <laughs> like, well, they, they usually sell in half cords. Like, how much is a half cord? Like, that could fill the back of a pickup. I was like, definitely don't want that much. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's too much. I I don't have a pickup at this time, so. <laughs> Pass. Um, all right, some Thanks, current Dustin. events. Thanks for that one. I, I enjoyed it. That was good. I enjoyed your answer. Current events in Lubbock. We recently had early voting and official voting for several things. Most noteworthy on that list probably was Proposition A, which, if you're not familiar with Lubbock voting, excuse me. Oof. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were professionals. Uh, at least I didn't like turn into the mic and be like. But <laughs> that <laughs> was totally before did we that started. Before we, yeah, he totally <laughs> did that before we hit record, y'all. Just so you know. All right. So proposition A was the vote for or against abandoning for the city to abandon uh, the Coliseum and auditorium, and return that back to Texas or return it to Texas Tech, and then they would deal with it. Uh, Texas Tech has already committed. If they were to have it turned back to them, they would demolish it and then, you know, build any number of things like an athletic dorm slash eating facility, um, any number of things. Anyways, vote with May 5th. Um, the vote, I, I don't know how to, how to like read this to where you understand without like going into it like really deeply. Proposition A to abandon it that prop passed 52 to 48 um, by a margin of like that 4% was 500 votes. Yeah. There were only about 15,000 people who voted. It was a little over 15,000 and just really bad t- turnout. Yeah. Very low turnout. Um, and then it, really was, the only other thing on the ballot were a couple of city council places and the well, mayor. The, yeah, the mayor was up for reelection, but like basically were, unopposed. Yeah. There were two, <laughs> 
two incumbents, but they like he was on a like he won eighty oh, yeah. percent or something. Yeah. Um, you know, so I actually work with Dan Pope at Covenant. He's a or he's on. He's transitioning out. He's leaving Covenant to be more uh, focused full time into this mayor thing. I guess it takes up a lot of his time. Who knew? Yeah, quarter million people. Who knows? Um. I was I was surprised at how how strongly people felt to to vote down proposition A like there was a very vocal group of people that were like we absolutely need to keep this building and I was yeah. like why I and they I, were they were t- typically older yeah no no you know just stating facts here y'all that's all Sure. Um, one of them, and I, I don't, I don't really fully understand his position. So my summation of his position is probably incorrect. With so he's with a new station here in town, Dan Jackson. He did these like little video series. Uh, consider this, or whatever. Man, I need to work on a Dan Jackson impression because he has a very particular way of speaking. Anyways, he was railing against this prop. He said it needs to it needs to be voted down for eighteen thousand different reasons. None of them really made sense to me. Which then there's also another point that he was trying to make that like eventually it should be demolished. Was like, I don't I don't get what you're like. You're saying you're saying it both ways. Like it shouldn't be demolished, but it should be eventually. Yeah. And I, he, I was, think, he was poking holes in like how much the city was actually losing and how much it would cost to update and renovate these buildings. And and, and to be fair, he did have um, his new station allowed Dan Pope to come in a few days after Jackson did that and essentially got his own two minutes of airtime where he kind of did the same, kind of presented his case for abandoning the buildings and turning the land back over to tech. So at least that was kind of fair. Um, I I listened to Dan's Dan Jackson's commentary, but I didn't I don't I didn't retain any of it. I don't remember what he said. Yeah, I was just saying. I was why I was struggling to put it into words. Cause... Yeah, mainly because my my mind was already made up. Um, like uh, I think it was Kyle who asked a few weeks ago for us to just talk about mm-hmm. the the whole Prop A deal and. Different Kyle, though. I think it was uh, Kyle... Yeah, it's Kyle Jacobson. Jacobson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I hope you don't mind me using your last name, Kyle. But it's anyway. out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he asked well, us just it, to it was, kind of it talk was, about it. was in his Twitter handle. It's like, it was right. underscore Kyle Jacobson. <laughs> we have to say it. We have to say the name. So he um, he asked us to talk about it a couple weeks ago, and, you know, the city had already... I think a lot of people's argument was that the city had already voted to spend money on improvements... But it wasn't just for the Coliseum; it was just for city property. So it it was spent on the Lovick, the Civic Center for the most part. And from what I read later, there's still some money left over, but definitely not enough that would be needed for the Coliseum to be re- revitalized or the auditorium. And wasn't uh, it like ten years ago? It was. I think it was '06. Yeah, actually. So it was, it was a little years. bit. Yeah, it was a little longer than that. And I, I just. I, I talked about it before that, you know, Pope, after he was reelected, he had a speech saying something about how the Prop A vote shows that the cities um, trust the government, the local government. And uh, my friend Chad, who hosts the radio show here, he brought up the point. He's like, no, that's almost exactly opposite. <laughs> that's the opposite. We want the government to let go of this building. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let go of it completely because it's been managed so poorly and... And, you know, there's a reason it's so dilapidated, and it's because the funds that were elected that could have gone to it didn't go to it, and then no one did anything else about it, and it just sat there. So uh, that that's kind of where my vote came from was, no, uh, I don't trust y'all to have it anymore. And I, I think a lot of people opposing it, they had a, some of them had a decent point by the fact that we do tend to this you know the more modern things just uh it's just easier to to start over like if your tv breaks now do you go to a tv repairman or do you just like 
chunk it and go buy a new one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of that same mentality that people are trying to get out of that. And I, I get that, but this is, I think this is a lost cause. So I, I'm glad it passed. I can't believe it was so close. I mean, just 526 people. You got to get out there and vote in these local elections, y'all. It makes a difference for sure. Uh, so just by a margin of uh, less than my entire high school, <laughs> this vote passed. And I think it's going to be good for tech. I think it'll be good for the city. People are claiming that they're, you know, there's not going to be any place for concerts and stuff and which that's is nonsense. a lie. Yeah. That's a complete lie because that's, this is why that building's empty now is because there are other places to go. Yeah, and and um, shoot this that same night I don't know when was it? I think it was the week before at Fair Park Coliseum they had a big concert at the fair. And so a lot of people go to that coliseum granted it's not as big, but uh you know, there's concerts there. There's concerts at the Lone Star Amphitheater. There's, of course, mm-hmm. concerts at the USA. Those are kind of more reserved for the really bigger acts coming through. Yeah, is Garth Brooks going to be giving a concert in the the auditorium? No, no. I mean, he he loves friends in low places, but let's be serious, folks. There it is. I've been waiting to use that joke for years. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I think um, I think it's the right move. And there's going to be other places. For concerts, uh, the auditorium, the Civic Center auditorium already takes over what it does. Uh, I think there was a church there that's unfortunately probably going to lose their building, but hopefully they'll be able to find some other place. Um, it it didn't justify keeping it around, and it's not going to hurt Lubbock to not have these two buildings. I, I don't get that argument at all. No, Lubbock will not be hurt by this. Mm-mm. Anyway, I probably went too far on that one too, but that was uh, that was what we learned this week was that barely the uh, the uh, city of Lubbock has decided to relinquish the Coliseum and the auditorium to Texas Tech for demolition. Yeah. Oh, and some of the guys that was mentioned in I think the morning steak on I think it was yesterday, so the seventh. Some, someone mentioned this vote passing in the comments, and a couple of guys had some great ideas about, well, just just make it a big grassy area where people can tailgate and, and you know, just hang out all during all the tech games, and which would be great. There's I, there's no way they'll do that, unfortunately, and I know they know that, but that that's just kind of a fun thought to have is, you know, what would be kind of an ideal thing that would selfishly serve you the most? For them well, yeah, to do like, with that area. When, when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I, I threw out like even if you just bulldozed those down, paved over that spot, and expanded that parking lot to give more place, more more parking, more tailgating, you're going to be making tons of money. You're not going to be losing money. You're going to be making money. That's an easy swing on the on the balance sheet there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you, 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 you can bring more spots. You can bring the RV spots back. Yeah. And put them out there. Um, I mean, I kind of hope they do more than just a parking lot because that just seems like a cop out. <laughs> it is. There are much more valuable options out there, like like the athletic dining dorm facility they, they've talked about putting there for athletes. Right. Um, That's going to get some ire from from people who don't want to cater to athletes like the the same people that don't like the, all the multi-million dollar high school football stadiums and well you got to realize and all that which they have a point on some of it but it's kind of like well this is the money making part of the school like it or not well and and if you look at the the football scholarship and their stipend their cost of living cost of living scholarships whatever you want to call it those players get a monthly stipend which yeah. is like they're they're being paid to live off of because they don't have they don't have time to work or anything like that. Most of them are using that stipend to live in upper end student housing across the street from the football facility. Oh, so like, okay. Like they're over there in that um oh what's that developer like the Overton area? Yeah. Spending twelve hundred dollars a month on a on a, an apartment. 
to be close. Um, so like, okay, one, you could probably recoup that money. You could lower that amount to not, you know, so it's not going towards them spending it on an apartment. It's now part, it's now going into a dorm. Um, so you're spent, you're spending less money. You're be saving money in terms of what the athletic department is, is pushing out. If you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because for the 85 football players on scholarship, like you're talking about, you know, easily 80, 90, hundred thousand dollars a month going out that you could be saving. Right. Well, but that assumes everyone's off campus. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a good chunk of guys who probably are on campus too. So the freshmen have to be on campus according to Texas tech rules, unless they have some kind of voucher or whatever. Um, but the team could also be like, look, if you're going to go off campus, that's all on you. Here's the dorm that's free. We're not changing your stipend. Yeah. It, it, it's a way for the athletic department to save a little bit more money and put that back into facilities and upgrades or whatever they want to do. I don't know. It just makes sense to bring them back on campus. If we're going to cater to them, that's actually going to be saving money. One of the guys on STP even brought up the idea of a... Of a a really large coliseum-sized bonfire. <laughs> just burn the building down. Yeah, just do that. And and Chuck Hines on ninety-seven-three, he thought the. I couldn't tell if he was being serious or not, but he does. He and Jamie on their morning show, they do this morning segment with Good Day Lubbock, one of the morning shows here. And I just happened to see a video of it pop up on Facebook, and Chuck Hines was like, "Oh yeah." I think they should make a big production out of it and demolish, you know, do a demolition thing, a controlled detonation and all that. And, and the guys on the morning show were like, Chuck, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I think this was a really divisive vote and, you know, there's going to be, it just barely passed really. And he's like, oh, no, no, no it'll be fine. Everything's he probably meant every word of it. <laughs> I kind of think he did because he didn't back down at all. He was just it's like, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. They'll make a production of it and it'll... You know, people will come watch it blow up. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be that accepting of it. Yeah. All right, one more thing that I haven't got written down for what we learned this week. As you know, we've been, we've been uh, documenting the, the trials, the tribulations of trying to grow a yard, a lawn here in Lubbock. Spencer's Grass. Spencer's Grass Corner. We got to come up with something. We we need a name for this segment. Spencer's Green Thumb. I I can't. We got to figure out a name for this segment. Yeah. (laughs) So I've shared a picture with Michael. There is grass in the yard. It's coming in. It's patchy like a a teenager's beard. Yeah, it's really patchy. It's really patchy. I mean, it looks good. It looks good, but it's... Well, so here's There's a lot the thing. Of dirt. There's a lot of dirt. <laughs> what I think grew in was the first seating that I did on Good Friday. The second seating I did was the night that we went, that we were trying to go to the go see a quiet place the first time. So it was like three, three weeks ago. We saw a quiet place, by the way. We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> Just I, um, I forgot to tell you that. And then this past week on Monday, um, before I went out of town. I broke out my garden weasel, which is a little mini handheld tiller type tool. And I broke up all the the dirt, the bare patches in the front yard and one of the side yards and reseeded those areas by hand. Use that same tool to bury the seed again instead of using a, a, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on my words. Rake? A rake. Yeah, instead of using a rake, I use this tool. So it wasn't like in lines because it, it like when the grass was first growing in, it was very defined rows. Like, how'd that happen? I didn't put, I didn't drop the seed down in rows. It was the rake. Um, so anyway, I, I redid that on Monday, uh, and then on Saturday, a couple days ago, I did it again to the other side yard in the backyard. So, an official reseeding, overseeding of the whole yard happened this week um, by hand only in the bare spots and also I had the sprinkler guy come out this week and he adjusted the sprinklers and said hey yeah there were some dry spots you're also not watering enough oh no <laughs> so he said especially this week when it's going to be really really hot you've got some seed down you need it to grow 
Um, he helped me program it to where it runs seven times a day. I was like, oh my gosh, you're going to kill me, dude. But that first bill came in. Oh man, I can't wait. I, I think I'd guessed over 300 My brother-in-law guessed it would be in the three to $400 range. It came in. I opened, I opened it. I was surprised. Oh, good. The water portion of my bill was $92. Wow. Maybe you are underwatering it. <laughs> Which is my thought. I was like, well, I've been running it, you know, four times a day at about three minutes per zone. So it was running nine, about 36 minutes a day, mm-hmm. every day. Um, but I started that low because if I ran it any more than three minutes, it would just pool up and run off because our dirt is so clay. It, it's There's so much clay in it. Yeah. It wouldn't absorb. Now with there actually being some grass, it's it's absorbing a little bit or the, the grass is just catching it so there's more water just kind of hanging on, on the blades. Running it for three and four minutes, it's not pooling like it used to. So he said, okay, I adjusted some of your heads. You, you can stand and run it a little bit more, especially now that you've got grass. It's going to be hot. We're running it um, seven cycles a day now <laughs> instead of four. I think a total of, I think it went up from 36 minutes. I think we're up towards a full hour a day. Oh man. Yeah. So this next bill, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I'll run it on this schedule for more than a couple of weeks. Um, but this will definitely push the bill up next month, next month. It'll probably it be in should the at least double range. it. It should at least double it. Right. Yeah. I, I checked before just, just to be curious. Um, when we moved to our house in August of 2016, my first water bill was $333. It was terrible. So with utilities, this bill was $140 something dollars, which Jeez. the stormwater or whatever the other things, they're percentages of your water usage. So the yeah. rest of that went up because of how much water I'd used, which well, doesn't the, make sense because I didn't have a lot of runoff. The storm, the stormwater is really weird. This, this, uh, your, which it's rained once in this yeah. billing cycle for like 10 seconds. Your sewer is based off of what you use, but your stormwater is based off of how much uh, how much surface area your house takes up. Like the surface area of your roof. That's dumb. And then they do some calculation like if you're if if your if your roof, you know, if your house is two thousand to three thousand square feet, you pay this. If your house is fifteen hundred to two thousand square feet, you pay this, or whatever it is. But it's based off of your entire roof, so it includes your garage. So it's it's really weird. Like my my stormwater charge is uh, pretty high. The stormwater thing is another thing that the city of Lubbock. Uh, it's not it's not the best feature. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the best feature paying this weird random stormwater charge that really kicks up and it's just it's just a flat on tax so added on are, to every single bill are they charging you for how much water is not absorbing into the ground um i think so <laughs> basic i mean you know there's no way to meter it obviously they're just charging you by their they have some method where they base it off of uh, how how much roof you have and then they That's charge you. That's dumb. Because see, I'm I'm in like residential tier three of stormwater rates, and I know there's you know several different rates. But yeah, your wastewater is actually like a percentage. I, I figured all this out at one at one point because this Which was when everyone was water, going. The wastewater doesn't make any sense because the majority of water I'm using is not going into the sewer system. Right. So supposedly, that's that's why it only matters what you use at the meter uh, not the meter but yeah I, I had this all figured out at one point because everyone would always go so nuts over their utility bill in the summer and I have I had like a spreadsheet worked out to where I could calculate my own bill within like a few pennies just based off of, of what I used and uh, I can't remember how that all works out now but it's really weird like you get a different, your electric rate is different in the winter months than it is in the summer. Um, your stormwater rate is based off of a, a certain percentage of your actual 
usage. And then there was another thing that was kind of weird too, like your, uh, da, 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 da. oh no, no, I got that backwards. Your wastewater's based off of percentage of usage. But then there's like um, a bit, uh, there was some other charge where they base it off of how much water you use during the winter. Hmm. So I don't know. It, yeah. it's, it's really it's really hard to calculate your own bill, but it's possible. Anyways, so we have grass growing. My next bill will probably be considerably higher. Um, understand that because we would have been paying probably the same thing if we were doing sod. Only way we wouldn't be paying this if we didn't have any landscaping, but then why would we have a sprinkler system? So... Right, right. Hopefully, I'll be mowing it. I uh, haven't mowed it yet because of I don't want to get on the the young seedling. There, there is actually spots in my yard that probably are getting tall enough where they need to be mowed. I think I'm getting, I think the tallest is getting up to three and a half inches, which is about where you want to start thinking about cutting tall fescue. So I mean, it's a good, like, I measure it with my hand. I'm gonna show Michael like. My fingertip was touching the ground. The grass was up into my palm. Yeah. Like, it was getting that tall. I was like, well, it's getting about time. And I went and, went and measured it. It was, like, just about three and a half inches. It's like, we're close. I think the first cut, you're supposed to do it a little shorter to kind of stimulate it to mature and spread a little bit. Fescue doesn't spread as much as, like, Bermuda, but when you start to cut it, it starts to be like, oh, gosh, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I will say, you know, it, it is a little patchy. But the thing I'm most impressed by is, guys, the pictures he sent me, there, there is not a weed. There is not a weed in sight. They, they're, they're starting to pop up the past few days. Like, oh, they so are? I, I, I do okay. get out there and, and weed every now and then because I've been told, um, one, you, you, can't, you can't treat for weeds on a new yard like this for several months. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, not, that's not good. So they said probably give it you know at least three or four mowings i was like well that's that's probably it's be a while on the aggressive side <laughs> of year. like I'm, I'm gonna go ahead like well three or four mowings could be like in a month um i was told probably don't even think about trying to do any kind of weed control until the fall so i'm i'm, I'm probably just gonna roll with, with just hand pulling weeds that i can that i can there's a there's a different kind of grass growing on the side of my yard that I can't. It's not a weed. It probably is a weed. I can't pull it up. It just breaks. And it looks like a like a grass. Um, it's a real bright green. Comes mm. up in like three or four blades. It just kind of flop over. I don't know what it is. It's only growing in one spot. It's next to the driveway. On the side. No idea what it is. I have to get forensics on it. Yeah. Anyways, that's what we learned this week. Grass is coming in. Hopefully, like, I'm done seeding. If, if it doesn't fill in anything else, I'm just going to have a really derpy-looking yard this year. I'll, I'll reseed this fall, um, but I'm done with it this spring. It's it, I probably shouldn't have done it this past week. It's probably on the late end um, to be seeding fescue. Neighbor's Bermuda right. still looks like trash, so I got that. But I've got lots of dirt in my yard, so <laughs> you'll get the last laugh in a year or two. Hopefully, this fall when it, it, it fills in a little bit. Yeah, uh, and then it I stays can treat green. for weeds. Yeah, it'll, it'll stay green much longer than theirs will. It'll green up first. Yeah, next spring. There's a house close to um, right off ninety or yeah, right off ninety eighth, and. Man, they've got fescue, and it sure does look sharp. It's it's been bright astroturf green for over a month now, and it looks that, really nice. That I like about the, my yard right now is it's actually the the dirt or the the grass that is growing. It's like a real dark, deep green. It's like yeah, that looks good. Because <laughs> you can see, you can picture what's what's to come. Yeah, I but, just need to like Photoshop and just like copy some like parts and just fill yeah. it in. Like, that's what my yard's going to look like. Get Brian to do it. Brian could help you out. Well, I can do some photoshopping too, but that just kind of feels like a waste of time. You should go to one of those Photoshop guys that whenever... Hey, can you Photoshop this for me? Yeah, whenever you ask them to do stuff, they always just do something really 
They're just real jerks about it. They do exactly what you ask. Yeah, they, they take it extremely literally. Please Can you remove... this guy out of it and like there's just like a blank spot in the picture? Yeah. Can you do something with my arm to make it not look so awkward? And then, of course, they make it really super awkward where yeah. they take it off or... Yeah. I love those guys. That's great. Those are the best. All right. That'll do it for us this week on the mailbag edition of the 23 Personnel Podcast. Make sure if you want to have your questions answered, you send it in. Little programming note, didn't actually mention on the full program or on the full episode. We will not be recording again next week. I will be traveling Tuesday through Saturday. Boo. Yeah, well, another work-related trip. Samantha and Grayson are going with me this time. Um, That'll be fun. Yeah, we're going to Nashville. So we're still staying in the south and not going to like some hippie land up in the northwest. Um, so we'll record again in two weeks Um, until then I'm Spencer that's Michael have a great time or a great time oh my god (laughs) nailed it we're good we're gonna leave that in there alright everybody have a good night